What's going on, y'all? I'm back. Monday, first car session on Facebook Live, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, y'all know why I'm here. New York Giants. Damn. That's all I can say. New York Giants, we went out there. We got handled. It's tough, you know. To handle my pain. That's it. Some white henny, some vodka, some Sirac Obama, Jamaican rum, whatever. It's it's tough, man. You know, to go out there to be highly excited for this playoff game. I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I kinda hedged. I told y'all I wasn't gonna pick the Giants to win because I wasn't 100% sure that they would win the game. So, to see how it went down, it's tough. I, I'm a fan. I, you see, I'm, I'm at a loss for words right now because I'm trying to find I'm trying to find what I want to say. I sat through that whole game. I didn't turn the channel. I took my lumps. But let's, let's, let's get into some analysis. First and foremost, I told you guys... The Giants had to do a couple of things to win this game, and they didn't do it. First and foremost, I told y'all we had to score 24 points. We scored 13. I told y'all we had to play with a lead. We barely did that. Six to nothing in Lambeau is not getting it done. We had every opportunity to be up at least, at least 14 to nothing. We didn't get it done. I also told you guys, I didn't necessarily trust the young receiving core in that playoff game. Odell, some drops. Sterling Shepard, some drops. You can't necessarily depend on Victor Cruz besides a couple of short routes. Told you guys this. So, here we are. I'm giving Hetty some free promo right now. You're right, you're right. You're absolutely right. The defense was shaky, but this is what I was saying previously. We can't go to Lambeau and think we're going to dink and dunk and, and, and leave it on the defense to win the game. I see you, Terrence. You, you, we caught a hot Aaron Rodgers, but for most of the first half, he wasn't that hot. The defense did with it four, four sacks in the first half. You can't, you can't ask for much more than that. You, you have to score if you're sacking Aaron Rodgers four times. Coverage sacks, the defense doing what they're supposed to do. Six to nothing is not going to cut it. Uh, ben McAdoo with some questionable offensive play calling. Why are we running the ball so much when it was, it was clear from the get set that they can't stop the pass? They can't stop the pass. I see you, Nori. You, you blame Odell. I'm gonna get into Odell in a second. I don't. I think. I think the Odell blame is a little overstated. But I'm gonna get to that in a second. The play calling. The play calling was shaky. The approach was too conservative. Two first two drives of the game, they can't cover anybody. Why would you not abuse them with the throw? You saw on the other side, and this is ironic. You saw on the other side. McAdoo came from the, the McCarthy coaching tree. McCarthy peeped something offensively and did away with the run. McAdoo kept pushing the run. You see 
your master, your Jedi master showing you the ropes like, yo, bro, throw the ball. And you keep running it. And then you run it with, with Bobby Rainey sometimes. You run it with, with Jennings. To me, if you're going to run the ball, Perkins is supposed to get 30 carries. I, I, I see you, Terrence. How long are you supposed to hold him down? Obviously, that's the point I'm trying to make, bro. If we get a whole half of holding down Aaron Rodgers, we're supposed to have more than six points on the board. That's the, that's the argument here. It's not even about it's not about holding him down. It's about taking advantage of every opportunity given to you. We didn't do that. Even further to Odell Beckham. All right, the first drive of the game, he dropped the pass. Simple route. He beat the double coverage. Hit him in the hand. He turned his head before he had the ball secure. He's been doing that all season. We've been watching the Giants all year long. They're going to show you stats and, oh, Odell only had this amount of drops and X amount of targets. But the fact remains is we've seen that multiple times this season where Odell wants to make the play before he secured the catch. That's what happened on the first catch. On a touchdown pass, Eli kind of let him a little bit too much. I would say the last two drops, they weren't clean drops. So to say he had three drops, I'd say he had one and some change because two of the drops... Eli overthrew him. The one, I think one of the, it was 21 to 13. He ran a corner route. He had to stretch out. Troy Aikman is like, he didn't have to jump. He could have kept running. He had to jump. What do you mean he didn't have to jump? Odell Beckham is not six foot four. He's five foot ten. And the pass was overthrown. The touchdown pass that he dropped in the first quarter was slightly overthrown. So to say he had three drops, you it, it, you, you saw the narrative change during the game. It went from one drop to three with Aikman because they already knew they had a story built in. Oh, he was in Miami. He was on the boat. He was boating. He was flexing with Trey Songs. Yeah, he, he did all of that. But he can't throw the ball to himself. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to bash Eli here because I feel like Eli played a solid game. But he can't throw the ball to himself. Those are not clean passes. I'm more mad at Sterling. Sterling had a touchdown catch, bro. And he dropped it. They're in his hands, but yo, Moose, you play football. Not every catch is a clean catch. Sometimes you could get dislodged, and sometimes if you outstretch it, you're only human. You know what I mean? The argument of if it's in his hands, you're supposed to catch it. You've been watching this game a long time. You know that's overstating. I played football the other day. Oh, uh, what was it? Thanksgiving. I had a touchdown that hit me, and damn near I got rocked and did a somersault in the end zone. I couldn't complete the catch. These things happen, you know. So I'm not gonna rail on Odell Beckham. What I'm gonna rail on for him is about the optics. You play in New York City. I didn't think the Bolton scandal. I wouldn't even call it a scandal. I don't think. I don't think that was the play to be in Miami taking pictures. You want to be a rock star so bad, but it's, the, it's like karma happened, y'all. Of course he would go to Miami, wild out with Trey Songz and Bieber and all of them, and then have a bad game. It was almost like the sports gods had it that way. Like, you know, of course. Like, what are the odds that Odell, in that situation, would have a bad game? Who, what giant fan in their right mind was thinking that off the Odell's gonna play like crap because he was in Miami? None of us did. But if the sports god, they, they're funny like that. You right, Moose? Absolutely no professionalism. Absolutely none. Because it's not necessarily that he did something wrong. He just did something that looked bad. He put his team in a position to where they had to answer for that. They had to answer questions about. You being in Miami, V. Cruz getting thrown under the bus because he's supposed to be a veteran in the situation. It was an overall bad look. So, of course, bad look. Bad look. 
But let's talk about the game. Why we didn't throw more. Why weren't we going down the field? Why we weren't attacking a secondary who could not cover us? Why weren't we doing that? Yo, get out of here, man. Steel curtain. Come on now. Steel curtain. You live in Brooklyn. Cheer for the Lakers, Joe. Cheer for the Steelers, Joe. Which New York team you cheer for? Huh? But anyway, it was a tough loss. I felt as though offensively, we, 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 if you, it's almost like this dude, Aaron Rodgers, is a jump shooter. You know what I mean? A jump shooter, like say Steph Curry, for instance, could start 0 for 10. But then the next 20 shots out of that 30, he might go 15 for 20. The defense gave the offense that 0 for 10 they were supposed to take advantage of. They didn't do that. And then when we got behind, we didn't get aggressive. Yeah, BS play caller. I feel like McAdoo's getting the ultimate pass because a dude like Odell made it so hot from the get set that we are missing the bigger picture here. We played the wrong running backs. We overexposed our defense to a great quarterback who was eventually going to get hot. And we didn't do what we were supposed to do when we had the opportunities. Also, Spagnola getting let off the hook because when Aaron Rodgers got hot, y'all noticed something. Football hands. Y'all, did y'all peep something? From the, halfway through the second quarter through the rest of the game. They didn't throw to the sidelines anymore. They played from boundary to boundary. There was no more sideline throws. So if I'm the D coordinator and I see that they going over the middle or they playing between the boundaries, wouldn't I adjust? Spagnola did nothing. He went to his fail-safe defense of, I'm going to play zone and keep everything in front of me and hope for the best. That's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. Where was the blisses? We didn't get this man off his spot not one time. We had a, we had four coverage sacks. No, I'm lying. We had three coverage sacks and one sack from a blitz. And then we didn't blitz anymore. We didn't get in his face. We let this man sit in the pocket and throw over the middle all game long. We did nothing. So once again, because I'm stressed. No, you're right, Cass. No, no adjustment at all, offensively or defensively. So now I got to reach for the white handy. I'm about to crack. No, I'm not going to crack. Giants are not worth my white handy. Come on now. But anyway... I think that this is a learning experience for the Giants. I think that going forward, we'll be back. The defense isn't going anywhere. Uh, JPP talking about he, he's not a, a one-year contract kind of player. Bruh, man, you got eight fingers and then you got hurt this year. You had a sports hernia and the defense did not miss a step without you. So what leverage do you think you got? Actually, you have seven fingers in a missing groin. You have no leverage. So you're going to take whatever the Giants give you because Olivier Vernon is showing that he's worth that paper. And they got my man, I forget his name, number 78 on the Giants, some African dude, Okujaway or something like that. I'm not going to do it to myself, but he's on the squad. So, therefore, you've become expendable. Landon Collins is only going to get better. The secondary is going to get stronger to where the front won't need to be super relieved. They'll just need to do their job, and they're going to get a linebacker in the offseason. So, JPP, I know you're trying to leverage, but you got seven fingers. You haven't played a full season in God knows how long. You, you, you might want to take whatever the Giants give you. Uh, Also, quarterback... I think the Giants need to draft a quarterback, you know, with their first round pick. Eli, I keep it for another year or two, but it's time for them to get a new quarterback. It is what it is. Eli, here's the thing. Eli can still throw. You give Eli a stout O-line, he can make throws. But in this current NFL, 
you don't necessarily have to be RG3. You don't have to be Marcus Mariota. You don't have to be none of these guys. But what you have to be able to do is what we saw from Aaron Rodgers last night. You have to be able to move around when things get ugly. It ain't like the O-line for the Packers is elite, but he stretches plays because he can move his feet. Eli Manning looks like he has two cinder blocks on his feet when things get ugly. He can't move. He's He cannot move. So the Giants need to get younger at the quarterback position. If that dude from Clemson who's playing tonight happens to fall to the uh, to the late in the first round, I might want to take a, a shot at Deshaun Watson. Everybody else in the NFC East always has a mobile quarterback except the Giants. Maybe it's time for us to get a little mobile. No? Y'all disagree? Oh, Cash, you, you, Cash, you don't feel as though you don't feel as though we, we should get a quarterback in the first round. Well, we can disagree. We always disagree. Whatever. But Eli, but it might be time for us to go in a different direction, man. I think nah, you talking about the dude from North Carolina, uh, Trubisky or whatever his name is. I don't think he's gonna be there. We picked twenty six or something like that. He's not gonna be there for us, man. Eric Flowers is Straka. We need to get honestly. I only keep about two guys from the O line. I think. Uh, I think I would keep Justin Pugh and what's this other I think Richburg and Pugh is the only two guys I would keep from the O line. The rest of the O line could go, frankly. Oh, you you agree with me? Surprise, surprise, Nori. It's about time. Flowers is garbage. I think it's time for us to move on. If anything, I don't think Flowers is a blind side protector. I think he needs to go to right tackle. We need to go get ourselves a real left tackle because he was getting Eli killed. He led the league in holding penalties, wild false starts, a lot of missed blocks. Like Eli got the ball out quick before people could take advantage of the whack O-line. So people could say the sack numbers are down. Absolutely the sack numbers are down. But that's because we were playing an offense that we didn't necessarily want to play because we didn't want Eli to literally die on the field. But it might be time. It might absolutely be time for us to look into a quarterback. But uh, we got enough time in the offseason. I'll be back to talk about some Giants later on. Uh, what I wanted to talk about right now is the divisional round that we're supposed to be a part of. Um, to the Cowboy fans who, who are in attendance watching this right now, I want to say one thing. You're welcome because they're not going to have Jordy Nelson. They might not have Ty Montgomery. And they got to go to Dallas with the best ball control offers in the league minus two skilled players. You're welcome, Dallas. Y'all going to go to the NFC Championship game because we softened up the Packers for you. You're welcome. Uh, so, yeah, I'm picking the Packers in that game. Not the Packers. I'm picking the Cowboys in that game. I just believe that when you play against the Cowboys, if you don't have a secondary to take away the short pass when they need to throw the ball, you're in trouble. They have no secondary in Green Bay. You have the best O-line in the league with the best rookie running back in the league. They're going to control the clock. They're going to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. And, they, and, and they're going to move the ball when they need to move the ball. And I believe that they're going to win that game. It's going to be about 24 to 17, somewhere around there. I believe that's, that's going to be the score. Uh, Seattle and Atlanta. The problem I have with Atlanta is that I feel like we've seen this movie before with the Falcons. They have a great regular season. They, you know. Matty Ice balls out, Julio Jones balls out. They got the two-headed monster at running back. I just look at them and I don't I don't see I don't really see anything that says to me if if it does get tight, if it does get tight against Seattle, that they have any heart to pull that out. I don't I don't have any faith in the Falcons. I believe that when it's crunch time, Pete Carroll, that defense, Russell Wilson. And Atlanta's not even the greatest home field advantage in the first place. I think they could go to Atlanta and win that game. I got, I have Seattle. Yeah, most I got Seattle winning that game. I have Seattle winning. I think they're gonna score some points in that game. It's gonna be, it's gonna be some points scored because they they, they missed an Earl Thomas' safety for Seattle. They, 
Richard Sherman has lost a half a step. I think it'll be like 27 to 21. Okay. No defense because he, you know, I cast. I think 27 to 21 is going to be the final score with that one. Matty Ice going to have that monkey on his back forever. Like, he's never going to win that. I don't, I don't think he's crunch time. I remember when they had the squad and they came to, to New Meadowlands in 2012 and they only put up two points with the same team. So I don't, I don't see a situation where they're going to have to show me they can beat Seattle. Seattle's playoff tested. They got majority. I would say 60% of the team that won the chip and then lost the final Super Bowl is still there. So I, they got to show me. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm not married to none of these picks. But I don't believe in Atlanta. So I have Seattle and I have Dallas winning on the NFC side. And the AFC side, I think the toughest game to pick is Seattle. Not Seattle's. Uh, the Steelers. And uh, Kansas City, I can't call that one. What, what y'all think? G- g- give me some insight on that. Because I think the Steelers, they've been balling the majority of the season. Yeah, you're right, Terrence, in regards to the Seattle matchup. Absolutely, they don't score, but Atlanta doesn't play any defense. Atlanta has no defense to speak of. So in a situation where you, do, you have a lot of skilled players in Seattle who can take advantage of a crap defense, why not? They scored 26 on Detroit last week, and Detroit has a way better defense. So why couldn't they score points in Atlanta? But uh, the game is in Kansas City, Steelers versus the Chiefs. I think it's about who controls tempo. If that dink and dunk office of Kansas City gets rolling early, they get a lead, and their secondary can hold down AB. They, they front... They front is strong enough to deal with Le'Veon. But the question is, once the Steelers adjust, because we know they're going to adjust, and they start moving Le'Veon around the formation and get him into the passing game, you know, throw a couple of screen passes to, to, to knock the timing off the pass rush of Kansas City. Can Kansas City deal with that? I, I, can't, I really can't call this game. I can't call this game at all. I think I got a lot of respect. You know, this is, I think it's going to come down to coaching. This is where, who do you trust as a coach? Do you trust Andy Reid and his multiple playoff questionable defeats or do you trust Mike Tomlin and his propensity for showing up in the playoffs because if you tell me last year if they had AB going in to Denver because they gave Denver a good run without AB so if you tell me they have a healthy AB this year they, they essentially have the same squad with a better defense and I think a better coach I'm going with the Steelers in that game I'm going to pick the Steelers I'm going to pick the Steelers Hmm. 20 to 14. Ugly game, but the Steelers make just enough plays to get to the AFC Championship game. And for the other game, Patriots. Do I, do I need do y'all need analysis? Is the Texans and the Patriots? The Texans lucked up having to play the Raiders without a real quarterback. They basically played 11 on 10 majority of that game because they did not have a quarterback. Actually, they had a shirt that said number eight in white for the Raiders, but there was no actual body inside of the shirt. So therefore, they played 11 on 10, took advantage of the rightful situation. Oh, you, oh, oh, Naka, you got KC in that one? Eh, I, I don't think you could go wrong. I don't think you could go wrong picking either KC or the Steelers. I think that's the best matchup of the divisional round. You know, either way, pass by 20, Cass. Eh, I, th- I think you underselling. I think it's, I think it might be 30 to three or 30 or 35 to three. It's gonna get ugly. They they might not score in that game. Essentially, the Patriots have a, a bye all the way to the AFC Championship game. That's how I feel about that. Yeah, Andy Reid is a great coach, Moose, but when you think about that, 
How many times has he been a great coach at a great team and he lost in questionable men is because his play calling and that and that random West Coast office that he runs where he never goes down the field, jams them up against better competition. That's my issue. Look what happened last year against the Patriots in, in, in Foxborough. They never and you got the greatest game manager of all time, Alex Smith, at the quarterback position. If you're not putting pressure on no type of defense, you're just gonna throw short all day. You're making it easy for them to depend. The, the best game I saw them play offensively, and it cost me a fantasy championship game, was when they when they featured Travis Kelsey against Denver. But I don't know if Travis Kelsey against Pittsburgh with the athletic linebackers can have that kind of an impact. They don't use Macklin at all. They got my man number 10. I forget his name. One of y'all can remind me of his name. But they would have to feature their skill guys more and put pressure on the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And I don't trust Andy Reid to, to open up the playbook and go down the field against Pittsburgh. And we, But we know that Pittsburgh is going to try everything to put points on the board. So for me, I got to go with the team that I trust and the coach that I trust in the situation. And that's going to be... Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yeah, 35 to 3. Patriots is gonna handle business. Absolutely. 35 to 3. It's gonna get ugly. I I I wanna know what the ratings is gonna be. Is anybody outside of Boston even gonna watch Boston and Houston is even gonna watch that game? That game is a joke, man. So there you have it. Uh yeah, hell, good good looking, man. Um So yeah, there you have it. Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots on the AFC side, Seattle Seahawks. Dallas Cowboys in the NFC side, it kills me to pick the Cowboys, but I, I don't think, I don't think, we saw when they played earlier in the season, it's just, what, what, the, what the Cowboys do to teams is that they keep the offense on the field so long that they shorten games. If, if y'all do the research and when y'all get off this loud, I look at the average possession per game and then look at how many possessions per game is in the Cowboys game. They shorten the game, they dominate the game with the uh, with the run game, and they make just enough throws on the passing side. And if y'all notice, Dak and Dak started to connect a little bit more towards the end of the season. So I believe that all of these things are going to come into play and they'll beat Green Bay. But as for the championship game, I'll be back next week. Hopefully I'm right. We'll see what it is. Who deserves MVP, Nori? They gonna say they gonna give it to Tom Brady. What he did in twelve games was immaculate. But if you look at a sixteen game body of work, it might be Matt Ryan. And you know, I don't really care for the guy. But if you want to just talk about what he did at the quarterback position, what was expected of the Falcons as opposed to what they became, you gotta look at Matt Ryan. Y'all can bash me on what I said about Odell, but if you think about the season that Eli had and the season that Odell had, and all of his touchdowns with the exception of maybe two or massive plays. Odell has to get at least a vote, but it's going to be Brady. He had a great year, 12 games, 28 touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, Tom Brady's MVP. I'm not mad at that. I think Tom Brady's the GOAT. You know, a lot of guys say it's Joe Montana because they they grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and they don't want to believe that things actually happened after Montana retired. But, you know... Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. My man went to six Super Bowls. He lost two. And, and, and what kills me about it is, is that people bash Brady and say he lost two. But he didn't. they didn't lose any of those Super Bowls because of him. Actually, in both Super Bowls that he lost, he took his team down the field and got leads after trailing majority of the game. And then the defense didn't get the necessary stop. Tom Brady doesn't play defense. His defense couldn't stop the Giants twice. And both times we won. Even in the Seattle, the, the Seattle game sealed it for me because when Seattle was dominating them, they went down the field twice in the fourth quarter and scored touchdowns. The defense eventually won it, but that's after they tried to give it away. But Tom Brady, when he was down 28, what it was 24 to 14, put them on their back two times in a row. Seattle had no answers for him. 
That sealed it for me. He's the GOAT. Y'all can disagree. Y'all can disagree if y'all want to disagree. But to me, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. But, uh, you know, this was fun. I like interacting with y'all. Like, I, I don't know why I didn't do this sooner, you know. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in once again. This is Car Sessions. First time on Facebook Live. I'll be back next Monday. We'll talk about it some more, see how these games play out. Till next time, peace. I'm about to crack this. Does it want to end?